was Romans chapter 13, verse, verse number 11 tonight, a familiar text. The Bible says in Romans 13, verse 11, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of thy word, we pray. I ask you to speak to our hearts tonight, and may you be glorified. We want to thank you for this good service thus far, and we ask for the will of God to be done. Save that sinner that's here tonight nearest hell, and God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice three things in verse number 11 about this text that we have read tonight. I want you to notice, first of all, the timing of this text. The Bible says, and that knowing the time. Now, when the Bible talks about the time, you know as well as I do, it's not talking about the time that is on this clock here, but it's talking about the time that we're living in. The Bible said in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, in verse number 1, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Amen. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Uh, the Bible said disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Uh, listen, the Bible said having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So when the Bible talks about the time, it's talking about the time on, on God's timepiece, not on this timepiece right here. And so there's the timing of this text. You and I ought to understand or have an understanding of the time in which we're living in. And then there's the truth of this text. Notice what he said in verse 11, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake. That is the truth of this text tonight. That is in essence what Paul is going to talk about from verse number 11 down to verse number 14. He wants the saints of God to wake up. Amen. That is the truth that is in our text tonight is that you and I would be aware of the time and that we would be awake of the time in which we're living in. Let us not fall asleep in these last days. Can I get a witness on that? And so there is the timing of this text. There is the truth of this text, but then there's the tragedy of this text. Notice what he said, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Amen. Paul says this to those at Rome. He said, you need to wake up out of the sleep that you're in. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on how to keep from falling asleep. Amen. On how to keep from falling asleep. You see, in this hour we're living in tonight, it's very easy, as I said this morning, to get complacent. It's very easy my friend to coast uh, in this day and time. It's very easy not to commit but if there's anything that God wants out of our life uh, listen he wants commitment. Amen. God wants us to be people of commitment. He wants us to be people of conviction and he wants us to be people of consistency. Amen. There is a major lack of, of consistency in the house of God. Don't be an inconsistent church member. Amen. I mean you be faithful to church. Uh, you be faithful to time. You be faithful to Sunday school when we start it back. You be faithful to the choir. You be faithful to passing out tracts. You be a consistent Christian. You say, why? Because people are looking for consistency in the life of those that name the name of Christ. 
I'm going to be honest with you tonight. People that uh, claim to, they may be saved, I don't know. But people that claim to be a Christian that don't live like a Christian, I don't have any confidence in that, do you? Can I tell you the world has no confidence in that tonight? I'm telling you, the man that looks worldly, acts worldly, lives like every other sinner, but goes to church on Sunday, the world don't no more pay that person no mind than anything else. And I want to tell you something. If you dress right and you act right and you look right and you live right, you know what the world's going to do? They're probably going to say something about the way you dress. They're probably going to say something about the church you go to. They're going to probably say something. You know what they're doing? Don't get mad when the world persecutes you. Go ahead and praise God because what that means is you got the world's attention by living for God. The Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. People are going to make fun of us. People are going to say things about us. People are going to call us names. But you know what? Let them say what they will. Let them do what they will. That just means we're a light in the dark world. Amen? We don't think we're better than nobody else. We don't think we got it all together. But I sure am glad I'm on this side of the track. Amen? I sure am glad thank God I'm on the right side. Amen? I sure am glad that I believe in the in the word of God. It is, it's not about me, but it's about what that book says, amen? If this King James Bible is not the word of God, then I'm just gonna go to the house, amen? I, I'm telling you, if it's as good as an ESV or an RSV or an NIV or any other kind of, or HIV, whatever you wanna say, I'm telling you, if it's as good as all of that uh, mess, uh, uh, then I don't have any confidence in any of it. And I'm telling you, this Bible's real, amen? A word of God will change your life. Uh, it'll save your soul. It'll strengthen your family. I'm telling you tonight, I don't back up on what I believe in, and you shouldn't either. I'm not bowing my head for a bunch of Johnny-come-latelys, amen, that want to make fun of old-time religion and the Word of God and the Bible, amen. We know the time we're living in. We're aware of what's going on, and by the grace of God, I don't want to roll over and play dead in these last days, amen. I want my worship to be right, don't you? I want my walk with God to be right. I want my witness to to be right. Hey, I don't want to be on the sideline. I want to be on the front line, the firing line. I want to be serving God and giving Jesus the best years of my life while I've got them to give for the glory of God. Amen. And you don't have to be a preacher, amen, to be on fire for God. Thank God for preachers, but where would preachers be if we didn't have some good godly saints and church members that was just faithful and that got with the preaching and stood beside what the man of God as he preached and labored? Hey, a preacher can't do it by himself, but it's everybody in the church working together. I'm telling you, raising your family and raising your children for God, that's as important of a task as anything going on in this world. Amen. Hey, mother, being a godly mother, raising your children's a ministry that's out of this world. It's as important as a preacher, a pastor, a missionary, an evangelist. You train those children, you raise them up, you teach them the word of God, you keep them from sin, you keep them from this world, you protect them like an old mother hen. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, you shield them from this world. You shelter them. When my girls was coming up every now and then, somebody in my family or some friend, they'd say something. I don't know if they was a friend, but they'd say, oh, your children sheltered. You know, every time I'd hear that, I'd say, you better believe it. You know why? I tell them this. I said, you put a shelter over and around things that are valuable and things that you love and things you want to protect. Amen. I'm not throwing my children to the dogs. I'm not throwing my children to the world. Amen. God gave them to you and you ought to love them and pray for them and protect them and know the time in which we're living in. 
And mom and dad, your children will never be more spiritual than you are. You don't have a prayer life, mark her down. They won't either. You don't have to be a great, you don't have, I don't think anybody that can pray thinks they pray good. Is that right? It's why I'm just not, I don't have a great prayer life. Just pray. Am I telling you the truth? Just pray. Sometimes I pray and I know God hears me. Sometimes I pray and I hope he heard me. Sometimes I pray and I, the Lord say, go back and do that again. Have you ever told you that? I'm just being honest with you tonight. Sometimes I pray and I come out of there and I'm like, I know, I know God heard my prayer. And sometimes I think, Lord, I don't think that got above the ceiling. Amen. I mean, uh, listen, that's just the way it is. But you got to pray on anyway. I'm telling you, for all them times you think God didn't hear you, you don't know whether he's listening or not. You don't know that. We know the Bible says he listens, but sometimes our flesh will tell us otherwise. And I'm telling you, listen, for all them times you question and wonder, did God hear me? I'm telling you, it sure is worth those times you walk out and you can sing that old song, I know he heard my earnest prayer. I know that God heard me. I'm talking about, friend, listen, mom and dad, if you want your children to be spiritual, you gotta be spiritual. What that means tonight is this. You cannot fall asleep in these last days. Boy, I wanna see God send revival to Bible Baptist Church. It's a good church. It's a great church. I thank God for it. But I want, it to, I want us to stay on the fire line for God. I, I'd like to see some people move up closer, wouldn't you? I'd like to see some people, uh, listen, get some things right in their heart. Maybe get some things. Maybe somebody needs to get right with somebody in the church. You don't never know. I'll tell you, but you know what? Uh, listen, one person could be hindering this church from being all it could be for the glory of God. If you're that one person, you ought to make a trip to the altar tonight. Don't fall asleep. You may not be out in sin. You may not have nothing in your heart, but don't come. Don't go to sleep in church. Don't get used to the singing. Don't get used to the preaching. Don't get used to just sitting there and never nodding your head or shaking, raising your hand or saying amen. I mean, listen, you got to stay with it in these last days. Listen, don't drop your convictions. Don't drop your standards. I'm trying to get to my message here, but what I want to say tonight is this. You and I don't have to fall asleep. And what Paul does here tonight in this text is he gives us four things that will help us to keep from falling asleep in these last days days. Notice with me in verse number one, I want you to know, or verse number 11, the first thing we see here if we're going to keep from falling asleep uh, you and I have got to be uh, we've got to watch uh, vig- vigilantly, amen? We've got to watch vigilantly, no, vig- vigilantly notice what he said in verse 11 and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. Preacher, what are we watching for? Look at verse 11 for now is our salvation nearer than when we You know what we're to be watching for? We're to be watching for the Lord Jesus Christ to come again. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 37 said, and yet a little while he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. Jesus said himself in John 14 and verse number one, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you and if I go, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I I am there, you may be also. That's a promise, isn't it, tonight? And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hey, hear me, sinner, tonight, if you get to God, if you get to heaven, you'll go God's way, or you won't go at all. Amen? You'll come by the blood and the cross, uh, and repentance and faith, uh, or you'll not get in the family of God. And I'm simply saying tonight, you and I that are saved, we need to lift our eyes unto the hills, 
uh, because the king of glory is coming for him. Uh, he is coming and we're looking for him to come. Amen. Amen. Philippians 3 and verse 20 said, For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Paul said in Titus chapter number two and verse number 11, I love this verse. He said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of y'all are looking for the Lord to come tonight? Well, I wish he would come, amen? Don't you wish Jesus would come right now and we could say goodbye to sorrow, we could say goodbye to death, we could say goodbye to pain, we could say goodbye to problems, we could say goodbye to separation, we could say goodbye to misunderstanding, we could say goodbye to trials, we could say goodbye to troubles, we could say goodbye to heartaches, we could say goodbye to home breaks, we could say goodbye to the devil, we could say goodbye goodbye to sin. We can say goodbye to suffering. The former things are going to be passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. I'm telling you, I'm looking for a new Jerusalem. I'm looking for a new city. I'm looking for a new name written down in glory. I'm looking for a new home. I'm looking for a new body. I'm just looking for all things to be new. Hallelujah. On the other side, won't that be wonderful? And what you and I need to do is we need to be watching friend. That's how you keep from going to sleep is you keep your eyes uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you keep looking for him to come. Hey, this could be the day. This could be the hour when Jesus comes again. Now, if you're here tonight, you say, preacher, I don't want the Lord to come back because I'm afraid I'll be left behind. Then you need to do something about that tonight. First John 3 and verse 1 said, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now, right now, are we the sons of God. Isn't that a blessing? And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Y'all believe that tonight? And every man that hath his hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. What John said is that looking for Jesus to come will cause you not to live a worldly life. It'll cause you to live a pure life. Every man that hath his hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. If we're saved tonight, we're to live our life in the light of the fact that Jesus may come and live it in light of the fact that the judgment seat is a reality. Amen. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 10 for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ uh, that everyone may receive the things done in their body according to that which they have done whether it be good or whether it be bad. Hey we're saved tonight but we're headed to a judgment seat. Amen. And so Jesus said to watch and pray. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak tonight. Say, preacher, I don't want to go to sleep in these last days. How do you keep from going to sleep? I'll tell you how. you got to watch vigilantly. Then secondly, I want to say tonight, we are to war violently. Amen? Tonight, we are to war violently. Notice what he said in verse number 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on, notice this, the armor of light. Amen. You see, you and I are to war. We're in a warfare. We're in a battle tonight. And when you get saved, the battle don't end. It just begins. Amen. The devil will do everything he can to try to discourage you. He'll do anything he can to try to defeat you. He'll do anything he can to try to cause doubt 
in your life? You say, well, preacher, how do I overcome him? Notice what he's saying. He said that the night is far spent. What he's saying is we're in the fourth watch of the night. And the fourth watch of the night is that, it's that time right before the dawn. Amen? It's the darkest part of the night, just before the sunrise. He said the night is far spent, the fourth watch of the night. The day is at hand. You know, if you get up in the morning time, how many of y'all get up before daylight? Say amen. Or raise your hand. Let's see that. All right. You know, young people, they don't know that six o'clock comes around twice in a day, in, in one day. That's right. Six o'clock don't start in the afternoon. Amen. You see why? And, and you know what? It's just something about getting up while it's still dark. And you're there, and you know, and, you, and when I get up, I pull every, I open every, every uh, curtain in the house downstairs, except for where my wife's sleeping. Now, I don't do that. But, uh, I, I like, but you know why I like to do it? I like to see the sun come up, don't you? And you know, right before that sun comes up, you know what happens? It's pitch black, isn't it? You'll pull them, you'll, you'll pull them curtains back and you'll look outside. I mean, and it looks, it looks darker than it did when you, when you turned them in and went to bed. But I'll tell you something, it always happens, if you think about it. It always happens before the sun comes up. While it's still dark, you know what happens? You can tell the sun's fixing to come up, and I'll tell you why. Because the birds start singing. Have you noticed that? And birds will start singing right before the sun comes up. You see, what them birds know is that they're in the darkness, but they know that it's just a matter of moments. It's just a matter of minutes. And right over that, right over that mountaintop, right over that horizon, there's gonna, the sun is going to come up in the morning. It's built into them. They know that sun's going to come up. And just like it's building them birds, you know what you and I ought to do in this dark hour, in this dark day? We ought to put the armor of light on. And I'll tell you, it's not a time to frown. It's not a time to walk around defeated. It's not a time to get to mulligrams. It's not a time to grumble and gripe and complain. Oh, no. You know what the world needs to see us doing tonight in 2020 when this country's turned upside down? They need to see us still going to church, see us still singing them songs. Hey, it's not time to have a Methodist service. It's time to raise your hand and say amen. Just like when everything was the way it was when we liked it, amen. I'm telling you, it's time to sing. God will give a song in the night. Why? Because the sun's are coming, friend. And when the sun comes up in the morning, I tell you, I wanted to find this bird. I want to be singing, don't you? I want to be singing his praises. I want to be giving glory to God. When the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise, I want to be singing with glory in my soul. Hallelujah tonight. I don't want to dry up on the vine. Praise God. I, I, you know, I, I like to hear Brother Danny sing, but can I be honest with you? I like to watch him sing more than I do hear him sing. Amen. I hope that don't hinder you, Brother Danny. I just like it when God gets on him, don't you? Amen. I like it when he messes a song up and starts shouting in the middle of it and can't finish it. Y'all like that? Hey, brother, I like to get a blessing, but I like to see God's people get a blessing, don't you? Hey, brother, I'm telling you, when somebody gets happy, get happy with them, amen? When somebody gets a blessing, get a blessing. You say, well, I don't feel nothing. You don't have to feel nothing, amen? Brother Logan, if you start shouting, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna say, amen, praise God. God more power to you, brother. You know why? Because I found out if you'll help them and God's helping them, you know what he'll do? He'll start helping you a little bit. He'll bless you, amen? Now, you don't have to act like me in church. I'm not saying that, but at least smile, amen? At least shake your head a little bit. At least raise your hand. 
now and then. I'm just talking about friend. We ought to have victory. We ought to have sin. I pray that God would let us go back like it used to be. I'm talking about when you went to church and seven or eight or ten people got up and shouted and they worshiped God and they went to meeting. Amen. You know why? Because people were more holy and they was more hungry and they wanted God and they were thirsty. They just wanted the presence of God. Amen. And they were fighting the good fight of faith. I don't want to go in survival mode. I'm telling you tonight, we got to be willing to take a stand. Put on that armor of light. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. If you don't have it marked, you ought to. Paul said this. Finally, my brethren, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Can I get a witness on that? But against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. There's an evil day for every one of us, amen? And having done all to stand, he said, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. That's what that is, that truth. That, that girdle's what held everything together, amen? And that's the, that's the truth, amen? Truth is what holds everything together. He said, have your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. That's clean and holy living. Amen. And he said he said have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And he said and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And this is what we need to do. Praying always with all prayer and supplication for all saints and perseverance and supplication. That's what we need to do tonight. We need to be praying always with all prayer and supplication for all saints tonight. Amen. If you don't have a church directory, we'll give you one. Please get one if you don't. And take 12 minutes. That's all it takes, 12 minutes of, the, of every day. And turn the pages in that directory and pray for everyone in the church. Wonder what God could do if everybody here tonight did that. Can you afford to give God 12 minutes? You don't have to pray long prayers. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can, you can turn that page and you say, Lord bless Brother John Abbott. God keep him cancer free. Strengthen his body. And you can move on. You can pray with some people. You'll find yourself praying certain days longer for than you do others. But pray for them. Some days you don't pray as much for some people. Lord, bless them today. Help their family. Bless them. Be good. There may be specific things God lays on your heart. But I'll tell you, a church that prays together stays together just like a family that prays together stays together. Is that right? I'm just telling you tonight. You say, preacher, why is that so important? Because that's the armor of light, friend. Our greatest weapon in this warfare is to be on our knees and spend time alone with God and spend time in prayer. Listen, I don't care if you pray three hours or 30 minutes, but just pray. Have you a secret place? Have you a place? Your children ought to know that you have a place that you pray. Hey, they ought to know this is where mama prays. They ought to know this is where daddy prays. Amen. I'm not talking about putting a show on. I'm just talking about putting the armor of light on. Prayer changes your mind. Prayer changes your attitude. Prayer gives you a different outlook on things. Prayer strengthens you. Prayer will encourage you. Prayer will comfort you. Prayer will lift you up when you're down. Amen. Prayer will give you answers. Amen. There have been times I've been praying about one thing and the Holy Ghost would give me the answer to something else. Amen. I wasn't even talking about that but God answered it because of some prayer that was prayed back then. Prayer will give, build your faith because when God answers your prayer you'll know that there's no way it could have ever been done but God. 
Do you know there was something I was praying about for three years? It was a need. It was a financial need. And I saw no way for this to take place. And uh, I was praying, but I, I wasn't really earnestly praying. I just asking God and be honest with him. There's a little bit of doubt there. The devil would say, oh, God's not going to do that for you. He'll talk to you, won't he? And I'll tell you, back in June, I was sitting in my living room one day. And I was sitting there. And it crossed my mind while I was sitting there. My wife was gone. And just in that living room, I just, I didn't pray no big prayer. I just, I just cried out to God. I said, God, I don't know if you would do this, but I, I need you to do this. And maybe you want to do it another way. And if you do, that's okay with me. But God, I wish you'd do this for me by the end of this year. Would you do this for me, God? If you don't, I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get upset about it. But Lord, I've not really earnestly asked you. But God, I'm earnestly asking you, would you do this for me by the end of this year? I didn't think nothing else about that little old prayer. It was about probably the first or second week of June uh, that I prayed that prayer. <clears throat> Can I tell you something? Uh, last week, <clears throat> excuse me, last week on Thursday, God answered that prayer. Amen. Brother Laddie, I, I wish I could go into a little bit more detail of what I wished I could do. But I'm telling you, he, he didn't just answer it, but he answered it in a way that it absolutely blew my mind. I'm telling you, I didn't go to the mailbox and get a check. I didn't get something that, that I could have said, well, this happened or, or that. But I'm telling you, listen, uh, I made one phone call and God answered that prayer in such a way that when I hung that phone up, all I could do was lift my head and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I don't deserve that. And I'm telling you, I know, God, you heard my prayer. I'm telling you tonight, I'm glad that we serve a God and that if you'll call out to him, I'm nobody special tonight. He don't do that because I got some special line with him. He does it because he's merciful. He does it because he loves us. He does it because he's good and he's great. And if you'll just trust him, he won't let you down neither. Amen. Tell you, so God we serve. I can't finish the sermon tonight. I'm just going to quit here in a second. But I don't want to fall asleep, do you? I want to fight the good fight of faith. Then I want to tell you this, not only war, but the Bible said, notice verse number 13, how do you keep from falling asleep? We're to walk virtuously. Look what he said, let us walk honestly. I think Christians ought to be honest. Can I get an amen right there? That means we ought to pay all our bills. Can I get a witness on that? If you make a bill, you ought to pay it. Don't rob Peter to pay Paul. Amen? Because you're going to run into Peter one day. You know that? I'm telling you, listen, pay your bills. If you make a debt, you ought to pay it. You ought to have a good testimony. You say, well, I can't, I can't pay this bill. I'm struggling. You ought, you ought at least have enough character to pick the phone up and call them. Is that right? I found out if you'll call people and tell them, hey, we've all struggled financially, haven't we? But if you'll at least pick them. Now, listen, don't call the IRS. They're not going to have no mercy on you. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? If you'll call somebody and say, I'm struggling, but I'm going to get you paid, that goes a long way with people. Don't borrow money from people. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I feel like I ought to. Don't borrow from money. If you owe somebody in this church money, number one, you should never borrow money from them anyway. Somebody say amen. Is that right? I'll tell you, I'm not going to borrow money from somebody in the church. 
But uh, if you do, for heaven's sake, pay them back. Don't move to the other side of the church because you owe them $50. Amen? You ought, you, what you ought to do is go give them $50. You say, well, preacher, that's my gas money. I'd rather have to ride a donkey to church for one, or to work for one week and pay a brother that I've been dodging, amen, for six months. Am I telling you the truth tonight? I'm talking about walk honestly, pay your bills, amen. And if you can't afford it, don't make a bill, amen. Don't Listen, don't run around and try to live higher than what you can afford to live. Can I get a witness on that? Amen, don't go buy a $300 pair of shoes when you can't afford to pay your light bill. Somebody say amen right there. I'm talking about, friend, listen, I don't know how I got off on that, but I sure am glad I hit it. Walk honestly. Pay your bills. Christians ought to be honest in their dealings. They ought to be honest in the things they say. People ought to be able to trust what you say. They ought to know that when you say something, they can take it at face value, not that they have to investigate it. Let us walk honestly as in the day. And he lists six things. He talks about rioting. That means carousing, wicked socializing. It means uh, rowdy actions and living talks about drunkenness. We don't even have to define drunkenness, do we? Then he talks about um, chambering, and chambering is immoral sexual activity. It's, uh, uh, it's having relationships outside the bounds of marriage without purity and without God's sanction and God's blessing. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, you ought to live a pure life. Somebody say amen. Uh, you ought to be pure when you walk down the wedding aisle. And listen, I know God's merciful and all God's forgiven and God shows grace. But you ought to be pure. And then when you get married, you ought to be, you ought to be faithful to that spouse and you ought, to, you ought to love your spouse, amen. And you ought to, listen, don't you love somebody else's spouse? Somebody say amen. I'm talking about, listen, be have some morality, have some decency, love your wife and husband, or wife, love your husband and be faithful, amen, and live decent and don't live like dogs. Don't shack up with somebody, you young people. Listen, you get married and you walk down that aisle and you do it right, you don't move in with somebody and shack up, amen? I'm talking about live clean. That's how Christian people ought to do. We ought to walk honestly. We don't hear a lot of preaching against uh, adultery and divorce and, and, uh, uh, and shacking up, but it's still wrong. Somebody say amen. It still has to be preached. And I know people make mistakes and I'm glad that God shows mercy and God shows grace, but we gotta help this next generation coming up. This next generation's been told you can do what you want to live any way you want to. They've been taught, told that safe sex is all right. I'm going to tell you the only safe sex that is right is when you wait till you get married and you marry in the will of God and you have God's blessing on your life. Amen. And can I be honest with you? It just, it even makes me blush to have to preach about some things like that. But we're living in a society that they don't blush about nothing. Amen. You know, that's what the next word means. Wantonness. It means no shame. Shameless evil, proud of your sin, no blushing. You know, used to when people fell into sin and they came back to church, they walked in with their head down. It's a shame, Brother Terry. They knew they hadn't been living right. I remember when I was a kid and somebody from the church had come by, my dad have a beer, a cigarette in his hand. And they'd come around the house, you know, or something and catch him, you know, working outside. You know, first thing you do, you hide that beer. I remember one time he nearly burned a hole in his hand holding on to a cigarette like this. Amen. I don't know if they knew, but they stood there forever. Amen. That thing, I mean, he burned a Winston all the way down to the nub almost. They walked out and he said, man, boy, I about burnt my hand off. I said, well, you shouldn't smoke, Dad. 
I said it very gracefully because I didn't want him to beat the devil out of me, you know. But <laughs> you know what? People used to blush. You know what they do now? They stick their head up in the air. They walk in and they ain't got a bit of shame for the way they've lived. I can tell you in three minutes, not even three minutes, if you can help somebody when they're sinning. If they won't confess that what they're doing is wrong and own up to it, you can't help them. They start that blaming everybody for what they've done, you can't help them people. They're going to have to get to the place where they see themselves. I'm going to tell you when people get out and sin, you know what they'll do? They'll blame the church. Amen. They'll leave a church, a good church, and they'll go out there and they'll talk about They'll get off doing all kinds of things. You know what? They'll blame the church. It's the church's fault that I'm smoking dope now. We didn't sell it to you. At least I hope we didn't. Amen. It's the church's fault that I dropped every standard I got and pulled all my clothes off and I, and I, and I, and I showed my nakedness and I, and I dressed all kinds of ways. Oh, the church did it. You think, listen, we don't buy it. The world don't buy it. And on judgment day, you're fooling yourself if you think God's going to buy that. That's not going to pass then. It's not passing now. I'm telling you, friend, if you want some help, I, I tell you what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to humble yourself and say, you know what? I've not been living the way I'm supposed to be living. It's nobody's fault but my own. And I want to wave the old white flag tonight. I want to come down that aisle. And God, if you'll show me mercy, if you'll show me grace, I'll confess every bit of it. I'll tell you what God will do. He'll reach that hand down. He'll love you. He'll pull you in. And you can get some help tonight. Amen. You can sit in church and listen to preaching and smile. But you ain't fooling me. You ain't living right. I've watched people do it, and you have too. How about it tonight? If you're right with God, here's how it is, I promise you. Here's how it is if you're right with God. You can say something you ain't supposed to say, and the Holy Ghost will shame you for it. Only. They may not be a living soul, think twice about what you said, but if you're trying to live right, and you say something you're not supposed to, boy, the Holy Ghost will shame you. You'll walk away from that table conversation and the Holy Ghost will say, boy, don't you think you're somebody? Yeah. Say that again. Say it to me. You ever talk to you like that? I remember a few years ago, I'll never forget it. I've told it here before, but I reckon I'm going to confess it again tonight. I said something about somebody and as soon as it rolled off my tongue, the Holy Ghost said, you're going to pay for that. Boy, put fear in me, brother laddie. I got home, I said, God, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. He said, you're forgiven. But he, I had to pay for it. I'm going to tell you why some people don't pay in this life for the way they're living. Because they're not saved. They're going to pay in the next life if they don't get saved. I'm telling you, there. I saw something just the other way, and I would call the name, but I don't want to give them any credence. And I don't want to say anything to make anybody go look it up. But I saw some so-called preachers mocking preachers. And I said this to myself. I said, them three guys are either all lost or something really bad is going to happen to them if they don't get right with God. Brother, I'm telling you tonight, you make fun of God's man, you better get you a pick and shovel and start digging. Amen. 
I'm telling you tonight, there's, there's things that preachers have done that I don't agree with. There's, and I'm sure it's the same way. There, there's preachers that, that used to preach to me and my wife growing up that they don't live, that they've went a totally different route. I'm just going to let them go. I'm not going to say anything about them tonight because they're God's men. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, there ought to be some shame when we sin. When we say something we ought not say, it ought to convict us tonight, shouldn't it? Strife. I'm trying to quit. Strife. That means that we're not to be contentious. Difficult to get along with is what that means. Argumentative. You ever, liked, you ever seen people like to argue? I mean, they'll walk up to you and ask you a question, and I already know all they want to do is argue. Amen. Now, as long as that's not your wife, you're in good shape. Or your husband. Amen. But I'm telling you tonight, there's some people, they like to debate things. You go on the job, they'll ask you, do you think Jesus, when he turned that water into wine, you think it was liquor? They'll ask you that. I'm not answering that question, are you? I'm not, I'm not going to answer that question to the world. I don't know the world an explanation. We own the gospel, don't we? I'm not going to debate that with somebody. Did Jesus have long hair? No, but I'm not going to debate it. Is that right tonight? Brother, I'm telling you in church, if we're not careful, people like contention. You know why God's been so good to Bible Baptists? Because we keep that stuff out the door, don't we? Amen? We keep all that griping, all that grumbling, all that, that complaining, amen, out the door. And when somebody comes in and, and they're contentious and cantankerous and, 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 they, and, and, and they, they, they want to cause strife, you know what? We just don't open doors of the church. <laughs> Y'all with it? Come on now, Brother David, I know you're with me. You helped me pastor one feller, amen. I don't want strife in the church. I don't want, brother, I'm telling you, have you ever been in a church where there's just strife? Where people's just upset and mad because things ain't going their way? They, I'm telling you, we're living in that time. But I'll tell you, as long as we keep it right around here, I, I like to be like this. When I get upset with somebody, it's like to go right to them right then. Let's work it out right now. Let's fix it. Amen. Let's straighten it out right here, right now. Let's don't let it go 24 hours. Amen. Let's just make that thing right. That way we can go on and serve God and, and the devil don't get no victory out of it. Amen. And then envying, that jealousy, that spitefulness. Don't, don't envy somebody. Be glad when somebody gets a good car but don't want their car. Hey, can I get a witness on that? Be glad when God gives somebody a raise and a good job, but don't desire their life. Amen. Don't envy their life. Just be thankful. We should just be thankful for how God's blessed every one of us. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, listen, if God lets you live in a 10-story house and, and drive three Cadillacs and, and you got boats and four-wheelers, I say more power to you. I don't want all that stuff because I'd have to wash it. Amen. But you know what? You can have more power. You can have, you can have every bit of that stuff. Amen. And I'll tell you, when I just, just walk through your house sometime and look and see how good God's been to you. Thank God for what he's given you. Look down your pew and look at your family and think about how that you don't even deserve that. But God's been good to you. Amen. Don't envy somebody else. And, and some people, they desire for people to envy them. They want people to follow after them. But you don't do that. Listen, you be your own individual. You serve God and you love Jesus and, and thank God for what you have. Amen. I'll tell you tonight, it don't make no difference. It don't make no difference tonight if you live in a, a really nice house or, or if you just live in a little old shack. I'm going to tell you tonight, if you're saved, you're going to the same heaven. 
and everybody else. And, and in glory, it won't matter what we lived in down here. If you've got a roof over your head and a pillow to lay your head on at night and a good bed to lay in, thank God, I'm telling you, that's better than being under a bridge, isn't it? Amen. I, I, you know, I, I appreciate some, I, something I appreciate about my wife. I'm just going to brag on her before we close tonight. She don't want me to, I know. But I, I thank God she likes nice things. I reckon every woman does, and then it's good for them too. But I don't have to keep up with everything. Isn't that a blessing tonight? I mean, you know what? She likes whatever she likes, and, and you know, I just surrender. Whatever she wants to do in the house, I don't even care. Y'all men like that? I mean, you know, if she wants a, if she wants a, a, a if she wants a, a dark coffee table, have at it. Amen. If she wants a white coffee table, are y'all still with me? I don't care. As long as I can put my feet on it, amen. That's right. I don't care if the countertops are granite. I don't care if it's Formica. I don't care. Hey, I wouldn't listen, I wouldn't care tonight if it was plywood. Amen. I mean, if it's whatever she wants to do, if it makes her happy, it makes me happy, amen? But I'll tell you on the other side, I'm glad I don't got to change every six months, amen? Can I get a witness on that? I'm glad we don't keep up with the who's who. We don't keep up with Southern living. We don't keep up with all that other stuff out there. I'm glad, listen, we're not running down everything. Listen, if you live like that, listen, I say more power to you if you want to, but it sure has to be expensive. It's got to be discouraging and it's probably confusing at times. Isn't that right? Who wants to live like that? I was preaching down in Conyers, Georgia, about two years ago, and this boy ran up to me. He said, you know, he said, people don't tie their knots like that no more. I said, well, I do. Yeah. I looked at his knot, it looked like a pinwheel, brother. It looked like one of them pinwheels. I said, is that how they're doing it now? He's about 19. He said, that's how they're doing it. And I said, I'll never do that. Amen. I don't want to go to church and get in the pulpit and look like I'm going to the carnival. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you want to tie it like a pinwheel, help yourself, I'm just going to stick with standards. Amen. It's been working this far. It'll keep on working. You say, what do you, I mean, I know I'm preaching overtime, but, but I'm telling you, I sure feel good in my soul right now. I'm just saying, hey, don't envy somebody else's life. Don't want their life. Amen. And stay away from people that want to make you want their life. Amen. Just be happy. Be happy with what God's given. And then as they get us a song ready, let's, we're to wait victoriously. Look what he said. He said in verse number 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Clothe your attitude with the mind of Christ. The Bible said in Philippians chapter number, chapter number two and verse number five, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind did Jesus have? He said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who thought it not robbery but equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of man. The mind of Christ was a mind of humility. Jesus, Jesus was God in the flesh but he humbled himself and became a man. And tonight, you want God to bless you, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be humble, shouldn't we? Dale Moody said this years ago, he said, be as bold as a lion before men, but be as humble as a child before God. And that's right tonight as we stand.